Hello and welcome to another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast where we experience and explore everything that makes small towns great. I'm your host Abby and today we are talking about, I don't know if there's a good word to encapsulate everything that's going on with what we're talking about today. Maybe event would be the word because the overarching theme is that it is an event but there's so much going on within the event. We're talking about Ice Fest 2024. This is coming up on February 17th and 18th and there is just so much happening. So Ice Fest is happening on a frozen lake and if you're not familiar with like cold weather hobbies, um, (laughs) we like to hang out on frozen lakes in Minnesota in the winter. That's just kind of what we do to pass the time and what they're doing at Ice Fest this year is carving another ice carousel. This is kind of what that event is known for. And if you don't know what an ice carousel is, it's basically a giant hole that's cut in a lake and then it spins, but they're taking it to the next level this year. They're trying to break records as they have in the past, and it's going to be absolutely elite. There's so much happening with Ice Fest 2024, and we got a father-daughter duo to talk with us today. Chuck and Becca are going to be telling us all about Ice Fest 2024. These two were an absolute joy, and I'm so glad that I got them on the podcast. So please enjoy your time hanging out with Chuck and Becca, telling us all about Ice Fest. It's happening February 17th and 18th in Little Falls. Okay, so basically a rundown of how this is going to work is we'll start with you guys both giving your names, where you're from, and what you do, and then we'll just kind of get into Ice Fest and what you guys got going on for it. All right, Chuck Swilling from Little Falls, Minnesota. I'm a realtor by day and CEO, I guess, of Pay It Forward Foundation that puts on Ice Fest. And my name is Becca Zwilling Rugamer, and I am Chuck's daughter, his business partner in real estate, and I am the director of marketing for Pay It Forward Foundation and Ice Fest. I love that this is a father-daughter duo because I also do a lot with my dad. We're usually getting into some sort of trouble together, so it's always fun to see other people doing the same thing. Okay, so we are here today to mainly chat about Ice Fest. It's coming up here in February of 2024, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. So let's start at the very beginning. What the heck is Ice Fest? How did it get started? Ice Fest is a free family-friendly weekend of outdoor activities centered around raising money for kids and ice carousels. And how it got started was um, I'm from a family of 13, so I got 12 brothers and sisters. And about 20 years ago, we started uh, doing what we call adult Christmas, which is a couple weeks after Christmas, we have Christmas with the siblings and significant others without all the nephews and nieces. Becca or some of the, and some of the older nephews and nieces would do the babysitting so the parents could just get away. And usually it was just, you know, sit around, play cards, drink beer, talk smart, whatever. And then uh, I had seen a YouTube video from Finland of this ice carousel and we were raised, our dad was a logger in a sawmill, so we all know how to run a chainsaw. So adult Christmas had rotated to my house that year. I live on a lake. I was kind of new, new on the lake. And I said, well, let's, let's try this concept and see if this carousel works. So we, we cut a little 54 footer and, you know, it worked kind of fun. It was pretty cool. We had great weather. So, you know, looking back, if we'd had a really, really bad weather that day, nothing probably would have ever happened. And maybe this wouldn't have even come about. So from there, Becca came up with the idea that we should, make it an annual event yep so then the next the next year he was talking to his siblings to see if they were going to do this again 
And they decided, sure, why not? And Chuck came up with this crazy idea to why don't we just go for a world record ice carousel? And so his siblings just kind of all played along. And then, you know, we, we didn't intentionally do it, but, you know, and just in general and talking to people, you start to get some more eyes on it. And, some, you know, people are wondering what's going on and they kind of want to see it for themselves. So then, or I had kind of mentioned, well, Chuck and I do in our real estate business, we do a lot of client appreciation events that we always incorporate donating or giving back to the community. So I said, well, if we're getting some quote unquote publicity or some eyes on this world record ice carousel, you know, why don't we try and incorporate a charity of some sort and whatever we can do is great. May as well make it into something beneficial for the community. Yep. So that's how, um, and we didn't really even know what our charity was going to be. Our first goal was 2,500, and then we had a local person in Little Falls whom I didn't even know, but he had reached out on Facebook and said, call me about this. You know, he said he would support five weeks of it, and I said, well, that's like 1,500 bucks. And he said, yep, I got the check waiting for you at the front desk. So we changed our goal from 2,500 to 5,000, and we had chosen Flyer Pride Pack as our beneficiary, and that's a program where the teachers, the social workers had actually just started it a year before in the Little Falls school system. And the the teachers put a little pack of food in the kids that run the risk of not eating over the weekend. So that's, uh, that's where it all started. Wow. And just so cool that it started with just siblings getting together for a late Christmas celebration. Then it turns into something that's literally giving back to kids in the community. I think that is just so special. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. You know, obviously the the real reason now is the, you know, is the donating. We've donated $110,000 over the six years. In fact, we've had such good community support, both from a sponsorship standpoint and from a donation standpoint that we were able to add Care Closet after a few, I think the first three years, it was just Flyer Pride Pack. And then we were supporting them 100%. And then uh, we decided to find another cause and I said well where do you know these kids that are no longer elementary that run the risk of not eating you know what do they do as they get older and they said well they kind of get better at going to a friend's house for supper or couch surfing or whatever well then we found out the junior high and the high school has a program called care closet so that became our second beneficiary so we donate to both every year now. That is just so amazing and I love hearing these great stories and just there's so many people out there with such big hearts that want to give back and do it in a fun way. And it's always fun to meet up and talk with these people because you guys are the true heroes, especially in small town communities. And mostly we just kind of coordinate it. Um, I've been amazed and I've always been a, you know, glasses half full person anyway. But boy, anybody who thinks, you know, the world is this and that and everything's terrible and going to heck and all this stuff. You know, if you just start doing this, you will find way more people you know, that want to give to a good cause. So we get like, you know, about 80 sponsors a year. And I would say probably about 70 are Little Falls Direct. So businesses there that, you know, some of them gave to uh, Flyer Pride Pack before we started. And then they just decided to kind of put it in our bucket to help put the event on, you know, and also give the money to the kids. So you know, the sponsorships, they get a little bit of advertising in exchange for their uh, sponsorship. 
and then we take what's left over after the event's paid for and that goes toward the the two causes that we donate to and but then a hundred percent of the money that's donated gets given to flyer pride back in care closet I've done multiple episodes now on things that are happening in the Little Falls area, and I say it in every episode, I have such a crush on the Little Falls community because there's always something so special happening, and you guys are no exception to that rule. Thank you, and I completely agree. It's amazing. So I personally don't live in Little Falls, but it's funny when my husband and I are driving through Little Falls, we'll be driving down the road, and I'll I'll mention to my husband, I'm like, hey, they're involved, they're involved, they're a sponsor, they're involved, they're a sponsor. And it's just amazing to see how many people come together. Like Chuck said, we're just, in essence, the coordinators, because without all of these sponsors and volunteers, there's no way that we could put all of this on. So that's a huge shout out to all of them as well. Um, We've had several organizations that have been with us since the very beginning. They're involved every year. You know, we have two different types. We have many levels of sponsorship, but we have two different types of sponsorship. Um, One being the monetary and then the other being the donations in kind. You know, so um, organizations that borrow us their fish houses so that we can have a headquarters or for ourselves or for our medics. You know, things like that, that's also huge to putting on this event. So it's just, it's not just the monetary end of things. And we've had two organizations this year that are our diamond, which is our highest level. So they've donated $2,500, both the Lincoln Area Business Association and Little Falls Exchange Club. And they've both supported our cause for many years now. So it's awesome to have all of these great organizations involved. Probably since year one, actually, they've been they've been a part of it and they've just continued to increase. And it was kind of kind of amazing, the Lincoln Area Business Association um, I had gotten, so I did, I do a lot of presentations to different service clubs and businesses and whatever, you know, kind of asking for volunteers and sponsors. And I just get this random check that first year, I think it was, you know, a thousand dollars. And I'm like, I couldn't even figure out who signed it. I, I had no idea where it came from. And finally I got a hold of, you know, I, I looked on the internet and found Lincoln Area Business Association called their president and they're like, well, yeah, we just, you know, one of our board members had heard about your event and thought we should send some money. So, you know, obviously they don't do it for the recognition, but we do try to recognize all of them and and thank them for being involved. It truly takes a village to put on something, especially something of this scale. Yep. It really does. It's amazing. <laughs> if you would have asked us back when this very first started, even the first year as quote unquote Ice Fest, I would have never said that we would ever get to the point that we're at now you know but all of that is because of community support it's a beautiful thing so coming up this year looks like in the email you sent me you guys are aiming for a thousand foot ice carousel and that's just a little one (laughs) okay (laughs) no (laughs) probably for you guys but right so by comparison the first year we did this when we set the first world record it was 366 feet across. And then uh, two years ago, we did one that was 1,325 feet across. So it continues to grow. You know, I told the guys from Maine and Finland and the other countries, you know, let's do like, you know, 10 meters or 50 feet at a time bigger so we can play this game for a while. Well, of course, no, you know, we do an 820 footer and then Finland does a 1,020 does a feet and Maine does 1,220 feet. It has grown quickly. We've actually outgrown our lake, 
we're tapped out on how big we can go. <laughs> so last year, after doing the 1325 two years ago, um, then the other two, Maine and Finland are the only two other players really still doing it. They had both said they weren't going to do it again. So then we thought, well, we're going to do the largest circle inside a circle. So we did an 820-footer around a 366-footer and made them go opposite directions. And and then, of course, they beat, you know, we went to Finland, helped them break, break our record again. Then uh, we went to Maine and helped them break Finland's record. And so this year we're doing the 1,000-footer with five 100-footers on the inside. And each carousel represents a different country that has held the world record. So it's it's Finland, Maine, Quebec, Estonia, and us. So we'll have a flag and a banner, you know, on each smaller circle on the inside. And then outside of that, we have what we call the village, which is where all the activities in the warming house are. What we're going to add a little corner will be the quote-unquote international village, where we're hoping to have things that are kind of specific to that country, for instance. You know, we're hoping to have a sauna there to represent Finland. And we do have people from all these countries coming, we think, we hope, supposedly. They said they are, so I assume they'll be here. But, yeah, so, you know, a sauna for Finland, a, a, a unique swing, they call it a village swing, or a kulakik for Estonia, and a Finnish sleigh, and, you know, a hockey rink for Quebec. And I'm not sure what the plan is for Maine yet, but they'll tell us what they they've want. got something coming yeah. oh boy <laughs> how did you get in touch with all these people from around the world well like i said that first year i had seen on on uh facebook or youtube this guy from finland yanni capoledo who had been doing it or who had, who had done it and so of course i reached out on facebook and you know and became facebook friends very quickly well then they had the records went like 57 meters Finland, 62 Estonia. Well, then Finland did 100 meters. And so we were going to try 110 meters. Well, then, you know, I told this Yanni that, and oh, he was all, you know, pretty excited about it and encouraged us and um, even invited us. He was going to have uh, Ice Carousel Festival in Finland. So that was five years ago. So after we did ours, we did 110 meters or 111. And then uh, my wife and I went to Finland and helped them do 120 meters. And then a month later, I went to Maine by myself, but had cooked up the guys from Maine had called me and said, Hey, give us some tips. How did you do it? What happened when you did this? You know, we're going to, they told me we're going to, they're going to do 120 meters because we had done 111. I said, well, then you better do more than 120 because Finland did just did 122. And he's like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll do 130 meters. So yeah. So I went there and and uh, watch them. You know, I say help them, but I, I cut about five feet of ice. That was it. Hey, that's help. <laughs> yeah, right. So then, uh, yeah, so then that was kind of fun. And then, of course, it's grown from there. Every year they've come here. Roger from Maine, he's kind of the leader of that group, has been to our event uh, then. And he's got four people from Maine coming this year. I know they're coming because their tickets are bought already. And then this past spring, uh, we went again. So uh, Finland was doing a big thing out there, you know, a big event, and they really wanted us to come. So me and, what, two of my brothers and two volunteers and, and an in-law, we went out to Finland and then came back about a month later. And then it was me and a brother and two volunteers went to Maine. And it's kind of fun. It's It's been, it's competition, but it's friendly competition. You know, we have, there's a traveling trophy that goes with it. So whoever 
has that is supposed to bring the in charge of bringing the trophy out there. When we went to Finland, we took the trophy with us, but when we were there, it didn't spin. So he actually sent the trophy back home with us. Well, then a few weeks later, they had went back and went at it again. And then I said, well, you want me to send the trophy out? And he said, well, I'll see if Maine succeeds first because Maine was doing it right after that. And we, when we went to Maine, we took it with and we did hand it off. And so anyway, that's where it sits right now. That is so cool. It's just insane to think that something so simple resulted in friendships and friendly competition around the world. It really has. You you never know where or how you're going to make connections, but it's kind of crazy. A little tiny side note, but based off of that, at one of our Christmases this past weekend, my, my godson actually said to me, he said, Becca, he said, why are all these random people asking me, this was Trenton, asking yeah. if I knew what carousels were? And I said, <laughs> well, obviously you're a Zwilling and there's this world ice carousel thing that goes on, you know? And he's like, yeah, but how did they know it was me? And I said, because you have the Zwilling name. So they just assume you know what it is. <laughs> I said, so Trenton, you better learn what it is a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Trenton just told me last Friday, he said, let me know the dates. I'll be there to help again. So we get lots of, you know, a lot of my siblings, in-laws, um, some nephews and nieces, always hoping for more. But as us older people uh, age out, we'll need the youngsters to step up and hopefully keep this going. What was the process like of getting it certified as a world record? Is there like some sort of paperwork that needs to be filed for that? Yeah, so there's actually two separate things. There's the world ice carousel, world record size ice carousel, and then there's also the Guinness world record ice carousels. So we are the original and two-time holder of the Guinness world record. So for the world record ice carousel, Yanni Capoletto from Finland, he is in charge of all of that. So he does all the verifying. You just have to have the videoed measurements, um, the survey, that kind of information. And then Yanni takes control of, of authorizing that. For Guinness, obviously, that was a lot more complex. Um, you know, you could pay thousands and thousands of dollars to have a Guinness representative here. Um, but because we're a nonprofit, don't have the funding for that. We opted for the lesser version, meaning lesser cost, but a whole lot more work, but that's okay. We had to have video of the actual full cutting process of the actual full nonstop rotation, you know, so a couple hours worth of video for them to review along with the survey. You have to have video of the survey of the measurements, certifications of your surveyor. You have to have written statements from recognized people in the community stating that this has all been accomplished. <laughs> so the Guinness part of it was definitely a little bit more work. The first time it was the most work, but the second time we knew what we needed to do. So it's, it's just been a lot of fun. And then Yanni also is the one that recognizes the other world records. So not just the largest ice carousel, but we also currently hold the most carousels within a carousel. So one of our years we had four in there. So that's why we're doing five this year. <laughs> and half years was the largest within a carousel, you know, so there's multiple different versions, but Yanni takes care of all of that. Guinness takes care of the world's largest ice carousel for those that apply and provide all of the information. 
Wow, that is, that's a lot of work. I've seen videos of people like getting the actual Guinness representative out to different things. And I've mm-hmm. always kind of wondered, I'm like, do these people just show up if they're invited? Do they need to be paid to be I there? Pay, you pay them like $10,000. Holy. They'll be, they'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That would have been a different sponsorship level <laughs> for somebody to get them here. And quite frankly, a waste. I mean, I shouldn't say a waste of money because a Guinness representative, I think, they said you'll draw a whole bunch of people that just want to have their picture taken with them. But uh, I'd rather give that $10,000 yeah. to the kids. Right. <laughs> exactly. Especially if you're doing something that's charity-based and you're trying to do something good for the community. $10,000 yeah. goes a long way. Very much so. Dang, I might have been in the wrong industry. I should have been a world record judge. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Okay, so in addition to the rotating ice castles in addition to the sauna and all the other fun stuff you got going on with ice fest what else is going to be out there uh there'll be a santa sleigh rides uh there'll be dog sled rides um we always have a merry-go-round we have gosh human foosball has been a big hit that's always lots of fun there's curling out there so if you've ever wanted to take you know try your hand at curling the brainerd curling club comes and and puts that on uh, what else? There's We've a... got human bowling. The Wonder Trek Children's Museum brings out these huge blue blocks for building, and kids make all of those. Um, we're going to have a might hockey jamboree again. So both the Little Falls Youth Hockey and St. Cloud Youth Hockey are going to bring some teams up, and we're going to do a jamboree or basically a little tournament again on Saturday afternoon. So that was a big hit last year, too. Um, we'll have spear fishing back. We've got DJ music there. We've got a spin it to win it game. There's ice fishing. So there's tons and tons of stuff going on. And again, it's all free will donation. So the spin it to win it is the only thing you have to pay, but you don't have to do it. <laughs> and it's basically, it's a $5 for a spin and you're guaranteed to win. There's just several different things that you could win, but otherwise everything is free will donation. We've got the warming tent where we have some free food and hot chocolate and coffee that is offered. Um, so you can stop in there. We might have a few little games in there too. We also have what's kind of cool to some of us, maybe not to everybody, but for those of us that are kind of in this is the evolution of ice cutting. So we've got lots of different, so all of our machines that we've used in the past, um, we've got all of those set up so that people can kind of see how we've evolved And then my husband, who is the commander of ice cutting, he actually found a really, really old ice cutting machine. It's huge, monstrously heavy thing. Um, It doesn't run, but it's just a really cool piece to see at the beginning of this evolution. And then he's actually made and created all of our other ice cutting machines since then. So yeah, he's kind of brought it all together. And then also our Crow Wing County Dive and Rescue, they bring out their underwater drone and the kids can drive that around underwater too. So that's cool. Little little bit of history on that evolution of ice cutting. So, you know, the first year was quite frankly, kind of a debacle, you know, because there wasn't a whole lot of planning involved. You know, it just came so spur of the moment that, you know, that this was going to happen. So it was just, you know, we had made this cutting rig that did not work at all. You know, once we got it in there and it wasn't didn't work, so we cut it all by hand and blah, blah, blah. Well, then when I went to Finland, I saw what I call an ice cutting, a chainsaw chariot that holds a chainsaw and cuts it. They had they had made a version of that. So 
I brought that idea back to Becca's husband, uh, Mike Rugemer and his buddy, Bo Meyer. They're both kind of shop geniuses. So they took that idea and kind of put it on steroids. So, you know, after the first year of the 366 footer, the next year we did the 506 footer and I was very involved then. I don't do any cutting now. I mean, I cut out the first block so that, so that it frees it up so they can be pushed under, but you know, Mike and Bo and the cutting crew take care of all that. And they've made quite frankly, I mean, probably I should knock on wood or it's going to be the kiss of death, but they've made cutting carousels kind of like taking candy from a baby. I mean, it's crazy. You know, we used to cut it in advance, you know, we pick the nicest day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, before the event we cut it and then come back and recut Saturday morning, you know, the refreeze. Well, then Mike got so accomplished and he said cutting the refreeze was harder than cutting the original. He said, why don't we just cut it the morning of the event? And I'm like, okay, you know, you okay. You know, you're always worried about failure or whatever. And he said, well, it won't, you know, it won't be done by 10 when the event starts, but he said, people love to see it cut anyway. Well, then the next year after that 500 footer, we did a 750 footer and I mean, it was like two hours and it was done. So, you know, we've cut both the 820 footer twice and we've cut the 750 footers in about two hours of elapsed time. So Mike, you know, built a machine and then he built a better machine. So, you know, the second year when he said he was going to build a much better, better idea, I said, well, that's great, but make sure you bring the chariot back. Cause I know that worked like a champ. But anyway, so he's upgraded. We're on version like 4.0 or 5.0 or something now. And he's got two of those because you have to cut the outside and the inside of the canal, quote unquote, to be able to push the ice under, which frees it, frees the circle up. So he's built, he's got two of almost the same machines. So he can run ahead with his outside machine and then Bo can run the inside cut machine, you know, 10, 15, 20 feet behind him so that they're basically going at the same time. And then behind them is a crew of four to eight people pushing the ice under. Oh my gosh. Talk about a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Yeah. So it really these is. Are old machines. This is nothing that. Yeah. This isn't <laughs> brand new stuff. He, Mike, Mike is really good at tinkering. And, you know, I think the original machine had a 1978 snowblower. Yeah, they're older than me. Track snowblower <laughs> that he used. So, so that has been a, a huge thing for me. I don't need to think about that. He just, you know, him and his crew kind of own that. And then the propulsion, we've always just used trolling motors. Um, well, when we went from 35,000 tons to 80,000 tons, I was really worried that would the trolling motors work? And, you know, we were calling shipyards and shipbuilders and whatever, trying to figure out, you know, what's it, what's it take to move 80,000 tons of ice and, you know, through the water and blah, blah, blah. And finally, my brother Brian just said, you know what, he said, Chuck, he said, I'll, I'll own it. He said, don't worry about it. I'll figure it out. I don't know how yet, but I'll figure that out. So that was a huge relief for me not to stress about trying to get it to move. Well, he built what I call a mud boat motor which is kind of the angle down you know at a slight angle like 40 degree angle or something or 30 degree angle and two little uh we had ordered four new trolling motors plus these two mud motors that he he had built and you know hoping it would work to get it to spin well brand new out of the box three of the four trolling motors didn't work well i told brian i said well, get your get your mud motors in and then hook up you know hook up a long chain or a snap rope and get a pickup on one side and a pickup on the other side and 
you know, we'll, we'll pull on it and get it to, you know, get it to limp around. Well, as they were laying out chains, the thing started to move. With just those two mud motors? Yeah, so a little 11 and 13 horsepower motor. One had 11 horse, the other had 13 horse with a six and a half inch prop. But the key was the angle of the prop. It's a, I think it was a nine pitch, which is, you know, a lot, a ton of torque. And it just is, it's been amazing. And then for the next year, he actually built two more. So we have way more power than, than we'll we probably need ever need. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I can't believe that's all it took. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's crazy. It's so nice that you have those people at your disposal too, that can tinker with things that can build things and have that right. sort of engineering mind where it's like, well, I don't totally know how to do it, but I will figure it out. Right. Exactly. And, and enough interest to be committed to it. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, that's so special. I truly appreciate you guys taking the time to do this podcast with me today. Where can people get all the information on IceFest? Yep. If you visit our website, www.mnicefest.com. Um, so that will take you currently to our Facebook page, but we are in the process. We had an awesome sponsor donate time and ability to actually create a true website for us. Um, but we're still in the process of that. But again, mnicefest.com will take you to our Facebook page that has all of the information. Otherwise, you can give us a call at 320 320- Two four nine one five zero four. We'd love to answer all of your questions. Awesome, and I'll make sure that I have everything linked down in the show notes as well, so people can just swipe up and click right on it. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. This has been so fun. I love hearing these stories of people doing cool things and helping out great causes. It just warms my heart. Yes. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for checking out another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast. If you're looking for more details on IceFest, I got that waiting for you down in the show notes below. If you're looking for more content from the Small Town Tourist, you can always check me out on Instagram at the Small Town Tourist and on Facebook at the Small Town Tourist as well. We got more information on everything at thesmalltowntourist.com and I will catch you again next week here for the Small Town Tourist Podcast. <laughs>